Welcome back to the Unending TBR podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I am really looking forward to talking about today's topic. So on today's episode, I would like to talk about biblical retellings in fiction. And I feel personally like this is different than a regular Bible tour story retold in a biblical time period and setting where those are um, like an adaptation or a reimagining of the story or a fictionalized version of the story in the same time period. I'm talking about, a bi- for example, using the, I mean, I'm probably the last one on planet earth to not have read Francine Rivers' Redeeming Love. I plan on to it. I do plan on it. But that's the kind of story that I'm talking about is where they take the Bible, a Bible story, but they put it in a different time period, a different setting, but still have those same themes and same messages. So I want to share some of my favorite in that category. Okay, so the next one that I'm wanting to talk about is actually a book I did not realize was uh, any kind of a biblical retelling. I was just out for it for the story description and the author's reputation. So this book that I'm talking about is Cain's Mercy by Lori Benton. And I'm, again, I think I was almost done the book, but of I realized it was a biblical retelling and it just feels weird because once that light dinged in my moment I had like this aha moment and it's like oh my goodness anyway here's the product description before I get too ahead of myself um when captured rebel Scotsman Alex McKinnon is granted the king's mercy exile to the colony of North Carolina he is indentured to an Englishman Edmund Carey as a blacksmith against his will, Alex is drawn into the struggles of Carey's uh, slaves and those of his stepdaughter, Joanna Carey, a mistress with the servant's heart. Joanna is expected to wed her father's overseer, Phineas Reeves, but finds herself drawn instead to the new blacksmith as their unlikely relationship deepens. Successive tragedies strike the Careys. When blame falls, Unfairly upon Alex, he flees to the distant mountains where he encounters Reverend Pauline, an inerrant preacher and friend of the Cherokees. Now a prisoner of the Cherokees, haunted by his abandoning of Joanna, Alex tries to settle into life with the Cherokees until circumstances thwart yet another attempt to forge his freedom and he's faced with the choice that's long hounded him. Continue down this rebellious path or embrace the faith of a man like Pauline, whose freedom in Christ no man can steal, but a price of such mercy is a total surrender and perhaps Alex's very life. So this book was really interesting. It, I, I was completely drawn to when I read the synopsis and I believe I read it as an advanced copy reader before it was released. And I love, I was really loving it. Lori Benton's writing is so, I like to call it like a sensory experience almost. Like I feel when she describes the wilderness and, and different elements of that feel, um, of that time period, I, I always feel like the best way to describe it is I feel like I can smell the wood smoke. I feel like I can smell the dirt. I feel like 
she makes you feel like you were there in those elements. And that, I believe, is such a strong quality with her writing. And again, reading this description, I had no idea what book it was. But it is pretty much, and not, not word for word or anything, but the same theme as the book of Philemon. And you'll discover why a little bit later into the story about how it all wraps up. And she mentions that in her author's note, but just so rich. And I mean, I think I, I didn't, I think it was all, I was like through almost three quarters of the way through the book, enjoying the book. I mean, it's so sweepingly epic how it takes place over a period of time and you're just drawn into these characters. The characters are so real feeling it was so good and just the methods uh or the messages of forgiveness and what it like what is freedom what kind of freedom is worth running away from something running towards something no matter whether or not it's your fault or not uh very memorable i think i read it last yeah it was one of my top reads in the year 2019 just because of how she drew it out and she also dedicated to one of my favorite past speaking pastors um john corson so that was a really neat thing i messaged her it's like oh it's cool to hear of authors that listen to similar pastors that you do and i just really saw part of that reflected through that writing and just a really beautiful story. And one thing that I will mention is one thing that took me, another thing that took me by surprise was how bad the bad guy was. I really like it when there's a strong contrast between like, I am okay with like, like there's, there's mixed parts of gray in the good character, something that they have to overcome. But what really made the story stand out I feel was how evil the bad guy was at least he came across that way to me I wasn't expecting that level of wickedness in him I thought it was going to be a little bit more stereotypical bad guy of like this time period writing and I feel like that's something that really popped out at me And it's like, oh my goodness, it made the ending so much more suspenseful when you knew what they were up against and the clock that was running out. And it just made it so much more of a thrilling ending. And it's just masterfully woven together and very remarkable. And it made me look at the book of Philemon too with like a really fresh perspective because she put it in a completely different time period but it really worked with the indentured servant or the servant who was working off paying for a crime and it's like oh it just helps to see it in a new light and maybe meditate on the message of the bible more because you have that story that's living in your head as well So the next one that I want to talk about is, maybe it's a little bit loose calling it a distinct retelling, but for me, it really brought to light some of the emotion behind the story um, of Hosea, actually. I believe I had just so happened to have been reading 
And I don't even remember if the dedication verse on this book was in there, and that's kind of what led me to read it, but I'm talking about um, Surrender Bay by Denise Hunter. And the reason why is because this is one of her books that she wrote, and it's quite different. Usually there's like a not a very strong like hardcore preaching faith element in her books but there it's more subtle it's more in the um not so much the background but it kind of comes in usually towards the end of the story but this story is one that i believe almost has no overt um references to salvation and stuff and it's more of and i i'm thankful that i read this before because it helped me approach the book with different eyes is this is one of the few books that she did that was pretty much an allegory type of how our relationship with God is so it's more of a parable type story than her regular um, Christian focused romances if that makes sense so here's the product description um, Samantha Owen's estranged father, stepfather has died, leaving his cottage in Nantucket, a place she fled years ago, never planning to return. As a single mom, Samantha can't afford to pass up the financial windfall like oceanfront property, so she travels home to fix up the house and sell it, never suspecting that Landon Reed still lives two doors down. As their long dormant romance begins to bud again, Samantha must face a past that separated her from the god of her childhood, and she must tell Landon why she fled the island in the first place, a secret that could tear them apart. Is Landon's love really as unconditional as he claims, and will Samantha finally realize that the god she found those years ago never abandoned her? Okay, so I was wrong. I mean, this one again is, I probably read this like four years ago, maybe more. But, so this one does reference God, but it's in a, such a way so I feel, and I, I have a feeling she has the dedication verse from Hosea or something like that. So I read Hosea along with this one, and I feel like this is a really interesting kind of retelling allusion to how, how in, in, a, simpler, in a similar way of how Hosea goes through the rejection of the woman that he loves and how that's supposed how that represents how God feels when we reject him and put something else in front of our relationship with him that's really reflected in this story and i it really helped open my mind or open my eyes to seeing how when God says, don't have any gods before me, to not go into sin, it's going to harm you, you know, to to lean on him and worship only him. When we go against that and we put other things in front of him, when we put him on the back burner, when we no longer have our focus of him as our Lord, how that pains him and that really came across to me in this book how that hurt and that betrayal is reflected in Landon's character 
really well. I mean, maybe it was just because it hit me right at the right moment, but that one really, I had that like light bulb moment, like, oh my goodness, that's why so many times in scripture, when, when God's people turn away from him, he, he uses the similarity of a faithless wife. It's the ultimate betrayal as close as you can get. And that's the imagery that he decide that God decides to use to show us how deep that hurt is. And it was very powerful to me. And I know, you know, there's, there's other books that deal with this too. Um, but for me in the contemporary setting, that just really opened my eyes to that. And now when I look through like some of the laws and Deuteronomy and stuff, it's, it's, it's this book that I remember like, yes, that's what he feels like when he sees us worshiping someone else. It's, it's that deep seated betrayal. And I know a lot of like reviews are very anti Samantha, the main female character, and I get it. And I think if I had gone into this book with a different um, preparation, I might have felt differently because she isn't, she's the character that you, do, you feel so much for Landon, but then you also realize Samantha is us when we reject what God wants for us, what God is offering us, and we go chasing after other things. So in that way, this book just had so much depth for me. And it was just really, I was very, very impressed with how the author brought all that up. And, and, just, and just talking about it, it's like, wow, that was really deep. And it looks like on the cover, a bait, like just your standard Christian beach, beachy kind of feel romance. But oh man, it, it really had depth and it really opened my eyes to a part of the Bible that is now so much clearer and I understand so much more why those pictures are used because I have a fictional story that helped explain it to me. So I think that was really cool. So the very first book that I want to talk about is probably one of my favorite. I'm talking about For Such a Time by Kate Breslin. Um, this book was absolutely, I think, amazing in how this was portrayed. So this book is a retelling of the story of Esther during the time of the Holocaust. And I think... For a while, I resisted reading this book because if you're like me, you read for entertainment, enjoyment, encouragement. And me personally, I shied away for, from the tougher themes and subjects of things like the Holocaust because I know and I, it's, it's just a really hard time to read about people going through those horrific things. This author did such an amazing job where she she kept it serious. She kept it real feeling, but it didn't have so much heaviness that 
you felt like you were weighed down with a lead blanket and couldn't get up. It, it wasn't overpowering sorrow, just incredible writing and depth, if that makes sense. I'm going to read you the publisher's description of this book from the back cover. It says, in 1944, Hadassah Benjamin feels abandoned by God when she is saved from a firing squad only to be handed over to a new enemy. Pressed into service by SS Commandant Colonel Eric von Schmidt at the transit camp of Theresendent in Czechoslovakia, she is able to hide behind a false identity of Stella Mueller. However, to maintain her cover as von Schmidt's secretary, she is forced to stand by as her own people are sent to Auschwitz. Suspecting her employer is a man of hidden depth, Stella appeals to him on behalf of those in the camp. Eric's indulgences give her hope, even as she risks discovery with every attempt to help the prisoners. When her bravery brings her to the point of ultimate sacrifice, she faces an excruciating choice. God may have brought her to this camp for such a time as this, but how can she save her people when she cannot save herself? So, as you can see, very much the same it's it's like a mirror of her Hadassah from the Bible, who became Esther, how there were so many similar themes and similar points. It was really, even what the author did with certain names felt very close to the biblical account. And I really love, absolutely loved what she did with this. And also it shows her power as a writer because she made a character, I mean, it's really hard, I feel, to, if I can't identify with a character or root for a hero, that always puts a damper, I feel, on the book. And it felt weird over the course of the story, even the SS colonel, you're finding out his backstory, what his motives are, why he's doing what he's doing, and his mentality, and, and you begin to see that there's more to his character than you would just stereotypically think of a German officer. And, oh, it was just so amazing. The way that she had this story retold, mm, it's it's one of my... I believe it's my favorite Kate Breslin book of all time, just because of how she built the story. She adds a lot of suspense and intrigue. I mean, she has things like the people who are trying to assassinate the colonel. Like she really takes the Bible story, but gives it a different name, gives it a different setting, and has so much of that action and intrigue in it, and that end oh man that end scene where everything comes to a climax I feel like that is one of the best climaxes that I have read in historical fiction I mean I was just holding my breath and just like <gasps> I mean you know how the biblical story ends but you don't really know what she's going to do with this historical retelling and I think she did an absolutely fabulous job. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, if anybody asks, I see posts on Facebook, oh, what kind of book 
to read about the Holocaust time. I'm like, for such a time by Katie Breslin, because that is definitely my favorite of hers. I think possibly another reason why it's my favorite, the, like the more I'm thinking about it, is how, uh, if you know me, you know I love the enemies to lovers trope. And I feel like the way it's portrayed in this one really brings out those elements of enemies to lovers because the that whole, the SS, it was against the Jews and just how you see the battling between the characters. It's like, because I'm softening to this one person, is that make me a traitor to my people? And you see that interplay of how that relationship slowly builds. And, oh, it's just, I love it if you couldn't tell already. And think that's just the reason why it's so strong is because I think it was like three years ago that I read it and it's still so vivid of a story in my mind and I just love it when stories are that way. So another um, Bible story retelling that I thought was actually really on the fun. I mean some of these some of the retellings go a little bit more on the serious side so it was kind of fun to read Karen Whitmire's um, Gift of the Heart, which is a novella in her um, collection with other authors called The Christmas Heirloom. So it's one of four stories that are all interconnected in some way. And um, it was just actually a really neat um, story because it was the story of Ruth retold in a western prairie small town type setting. And it's, it was really neat. I, I like the spin that she had on with Ruth and Naomi. Instead of Naomi being the mother-in-law, Naomi was the name of her daughter. And it was a widow coming to that town. And the town, one of the main founders, important figures in the town was Bo. And that's your Boaz. And it was just fun. You know, it was just light and and sweet, and just a typical Karen Wittenmeyer book. So if that's something that you're looking for, I would definitely recommend that one. That one was, and it's really neat because it was also a Christmas story. So that was really fun. I think when it comes down to why I enjoy these biblical retellings, I think that it's it's interesting to see it in the light that they remind us that there is a practical daily application for what those figures in the Bible have gone through and how their faith has grown in those times and how that could be reflected on making those same choices, making the right decisions to do what's right in other times, whether it's in a contemporary or a different historical setting, it just gives you that perspective that, hey, you can do those things and be like those people of faith in whatever time you're in. It really doesn't matter. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't change. His truth doesn't change. And 
how he rewards the faithful, you know, it, even though our circumstances may be different in some aspects, it's really coming down to, do you trust him? Do you believe in him? And will you walk in that faith and act on it? And I think that that's just a really interesting thing that these Bible retellings have shown me. And um, a few, I have a few more biblical retellings on my TBR. Um, S.E. Clancy is an author I have not read, but I follow her on social media, and she is just a really interesting person. And I, she has a retelling in the contemporary setting of Ruth and Rahab, and I'm really curious to see how that is going to play out. There is also The Isaac Project by Sarah Monzon. I think I read my first Sarah Monson last year, so I'm working, I'm playing catch up on her stuff, and I'm very curious about an Isaac type retelling. I think it's like Isaac and Rebecca. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and I mean, I do intend to read Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. Part of me is just like, I'm wondering if I should read it before the movie or if I should watch the movie first and then read the book because. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm also curious on what stories you think would be really interesting being retold. I mean, there's so many amazing stories of faith that it would be interesting to see them in different settings. One thing that I have thought for years was that it would be amazing to see a story of Daniel retold in like modern day scenario or, you know, someplace with like a lot of peril. I thought, oh, wow, it would have been really interesting to see a story of a type of like Daniel in the, under the, retold in the setting of like the persecuted church in China or even going, you know, facing things like ISIS, it would just be really cool to see that story. Because I mean, Daniel is one of my favorite stories. I feel like Daniel is so, it's so powerful about the tale of standing up against what's wrong and trusting God, even when the odds are stacked against you and you're in, you're facing huge odds. So it would just be really neat to see that story retold. Um, I mean, I'm not a writer, so I just dream these things up and hopefully maybe one day we'll, somebody will do it. Another interesting thing was, um, my brothers and I always talk about how the book of Judges is really the only retellings or movies that are made from that book are Samson. But really, I would love to see Gideon or Ehud or like, I mean, there's so many feats of, of faith against huge odds, very action-packed stories, lots of intrigue. And there's a lot of fodder. Like there isn't a mu there, there's that one issue or one instance with Ehud, but we really don't know anything else about some of these parts of their lives. So it, there's a lot of place, I think, that you can work in interesting backstories and everything to these characters. And it would be really interesting, again, to see 
I mean, I love military type suspense and lots of action. So a story with like Gideon done in a Western setting or a World War II setting or, you know, it's it could be told in just about any setting. And I think that that would be a really amazing, really amazing story. Um, also, the story of Joseph, you know, that's something that we that I haven't personally seen much. And uh, talk about an amazing story of betrayal and redemption and faith and really like the family obstacles that are in that story. That would be a really interesting story told as a Western or even a contemporary because, okay, here's kind of a funny story. So my mom came to me, oh, it was a, it was a few years ago and she was like, um, oh, Nick, there's this movie. I think we should go see or, or buy or rent. I can't remember what, but she goes, I want to show you this preview for this movie. And I'm like, okay, what's it called? And she goes, oh, it's called Shades of Grey. And I'm like, mom, no, I'm not going to see that. <laughs> you, I don't care what the trailer looks like. I don't think, because you know what came into my head and that was all the buzz. And I believe it was the year that it was coming out, the first one. Um, and I'm like, mom, why would you want to see something like that? She didn't know what it was. And and I'm like, no, mom, I am not watching that. And she goes, no, 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 you need to try it. And then, so she pops up this trailer that reaches, well, it wasn't shades of gray. It was seasons of gray. And completely different story. But it was really interesting because that movie, I don't even know who made it, but I think it might have been a pure flicks film. I'm not sure. But it was a contemporary retelling of the story of Joseph. And it was really interesting because it was the brothers. They were all on a ranch. Father is showing favoritism and inheritance wise. And they beat him up and send him off in a stock trailer to some distant city and told him I feel like they said, oh, you know, you better not come back or else we'll kill you kind of threat. So he has to work out work and find work in a place that he's homeless. And it was just an interesting story of that whole family redemption. And it got me to thinking like, man, that would be a really, really cool story to see in the contemporary Christian fiction setting because there's so much I think that you could do with that story. So anyway, that's my opinion. I'd love to hear what you think would be a really, like what's your fi favorite Bible story that you think could be retold in a different time period or a futuristic time period maybe? I mean, I think a lot of, I think you could have some fun with that. But um, I'd love to hear your comments. I am going to post a uh, post after this podcast airs on my Instagram and Facebook, and I would love to hear your thoughts. Or you can always DM me at Instagram or Facebook. There you can find me at Nicole and the Unending TBR. I hope to talk to you soon, and until next time, may your TBR be unending. Bye.